Well, the Neighborhood Association um, is an area that I will truly focus on. I feel it's a forgotten group, uh, 13 associations um, currently forgotten. Uh, the neighborhood associations provide the community members the opportunity to help shape the future of their neighborhood and the city. Um, and uh, they maintain and improve the quality of life in the city. Uh, it helps increase citizen participation in local decision making and forms an effective partnership between the city and neighborhood residents. And as you noted, you know, there are 13 neighborhood associations that are recognized by the Bend City Council. And currently, I don't feel that, that they truly are being recognized. Welcome to Cascade Views, a discussion with Central Oregon leaders. Your host is Michael Seip, local business and community leader, best-selling author of the Avada Principle, and candidate for Oregon State Representative for House District 53, which encompasses Southern Redmond, Sisters, Tumalo, and Northern Bend. The purpose of these discussions is to share the views and insights of local leaders from a variety of community sectors on a range of timely and important regional and state issues. With that, now here is your host, Michael Seip. My name is Michael Seip, and I'll be your host. My guest today is Chris Piper. Chris is the general manager at Technology Design Associates here in Bend, which is a full services technology integration firm. In his current role, and in his business career, Chris has excelled at developing and executing business strategies using strong business acumen, team building, decisive problem solving, and enduring partnerships built on trust. Chris is currently serving as a board of director with three Bend nonprofit associations, the Council on Aging, the Downtown Bend Business Association, and Family Kitchen. When he served as Bend City Councilor, he was on the Bend Economic Advisory Board, Bend MPO, Landmarks Commission, Downtown Bend Business Association, Chair of the City Stewardship Committee. He was an alternate to the Central Oregon Cities Organization and was liaison, liaison to the Old Bend Neighborhood Association and the Southwest Bend Neighborhood Association. So what that says to me is that Chris <laughs> knows Bend and never sleeps. I don't know, I don't know how you do all that, but that's, that's incredible. In any event, um, Chris is, is running now to become the mayor of Bend. And I thought it would be valuable for us all to hear his thoughts on the future of Bend and the issues that need strong leadership. So, Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Michael. It's a pleasure to be here and uh, grateful for the uh, for the medium that you provide here. Uh, so uh, our residents of Bend can uh, become better informed and educated about uh, candidates that are running in the 2022 election. I, as you noted, am uh, running for mayor of Bend. And uh, so I appreciate uh, this time and uh, look forward to our conversation. You bet. Um, I really want to focus on some key Bend City issues. But before we jump into those, I, I know I gave you just a little bit of a, of a background. Uh, but how about giving us some more backstory on your professional career and some of the skills that you have that that you're going to be able to apply as mayor? Yeah, well, you did a nice job with your introduction. Uh, kind of made me exhausted, to be honest with you. So, uh, but uh, I think a lot of what you said uh, are, are definitely the uh, the quality of of an individual that we need to to lead our city. And with my background, as you pointed out, all those things have allowed me to understand uh, the workings of our city, uh, the relationships with city staff, the relationship with our city manager. Uh, former relationships with current counselors. And uh, the other part is uh, being actively involved in the community. 
I think it's really important to know that uh, after the last election, uh, that uh, instead of being able to continue on council, I found a way to continue to serve our community. Uh, and you identify the three boards that I serve on. And I felt it was really important to uh, to serve on on those boards because uh, I believe that those are core areas uh, that continue to, to to need focus and uh, and more awareness, which is you know our aging population, our small to medium sized businesses that that make up the the economy here in Bend, uh, as well as uh, uh, individuals in our community that. Uh, you know, need a good square meal, which a family kitchen provides. Um, you know, it's we have families that choose uh, to either go hungry uh, to pay their electric bill, and uh, we don't want them to go hungry. We want them to have a place to uh, to go and have fellowship and uh, be able to have a good, warm, warm meal. And so, family kitchen provides that, and Council on Aging provides that through their Meals at Wheels program. Um, and I think a lot of that. Uh, uh, background and experience um, really puts me in touch, gets me out of my my bubble, if you will, and really becomes very engaged with the uh, with the community at Bend and uh, help us prepare and have that strategic foresight for for the continued growth that men will will see going forward. Well, thanks for all of that service and for the engagement. We certainly need it. Um, uh, let's talk about city council for a minute. Um, so, you, so you were on the city council. So tell us about that experience, uh, maybe what you liked about it and maybe what you found challenging. <laughs> well, what I liked about it uh, was uh, the council itself. Um, we had such a, we, we had a good council. And when I say a good council, uh, we, we were able to have a lot. We all had different ideologies, different perspectives, which created uh, good debate opportunities for us to challenge each other in a positive way, and come to a decision um, on policies that were before us uh, that were, um, you know, best for for the community overall. And I think that's uh, an area that that we need to continue. And what uh, I hope the residents of Bend uh, will take into consideration in this upcoming election, uh, that council needs to remain as a nonpartisan position. And uh, the council that we had in the past was a, was a good council, council because of its balance. Uh, the challenging part of it is uh, there's never enough time. Um, you know, it's a truly a volunteer position, if you will. And uh, you get what you put into it, just like you would as a, as a business person in your job. Um, but on council, it's um, you, you have an opportunity to, to put as much time into it or just to put in the minimal time required for council. And that's challenging to find that balance, because as a public servant uh, in that position, uh, I saw myself really wanting to ful fulfill that role as a public servant, really wanted to be more engaged in the community, get out in front of the dais. And it was hard uh, because you had a full time job. And you also were being a council of the city. And there was many, many people that wanted to sit down with you. And um, I wanted to have those opportunities. And I did as many meetings uh, as I possibly could uh, outside of my uh, uh, council assignments, which are the committees that you identified. Um, and so I found those that to be challenging. 
Uh, I think the other challenging role that I learned was um, trying to get the communication out to the community. Uh, we really need to uh, we really need to identify more mediums uh, to get information out to our community so that they can be more engaged. Uh, and so council can um, uh, listen more and bring that feedback uh, and ideas from the community uh, into a counselor's decision-making process uh, to uh, you know, make the right decision that that counselor feels best uh, by having uh, information from, from all sides of the community. I found that very challenging uh, to be able to to get that done in a in, in a fair way for our residents to be involved. So you're probably asking yourself this uh, on some mornings when you get up. You you had a taste of council. Um, mm-hmm. What what leads you to run for mayor and hop back into the fire? You know we know it's a really challenging job. Why why are you doing it to yourself again? <laughs> well, uh, maybe I'm like glutton for punishment. I don't know. <laughs> But uh, no, in all seriousness, um, you know, I've always had it in, in, in me to, uh, to volunteer and to, and to serve. And uh, serving on the, on the local level in the community uh, is, is an opportunity that I, I really cherish. And I'm seeing what happens when uh, a council that comes in um, you know, this current council, how quickly things can change. And I want to I want to run for mayor uh, simply because uh, the, the leadership that's needed for for a growing community, uh, the need for for more listening to our residents and greater need of accountability, uh, not only on the council, but also on our city staff and. Uh, greater community engagement between our city's elected officials, our staff, our local agencies, our neighborhood associations, and the residents of Bend. Um, it, by doing that, it provides each of us the chance uh, to truly listen and learn from one another and eventually unite our city, which I believe right now is is becoming divided. And uh, that's why I want, want to run for mayor, is to bring our, bring our council back to center and um, become more transparent and get our community more engaged in the uh, in the process. Good for you. Okay, I got a handful of really tough questions <laughs> that we gotta we gotta crank through here in about ten minutes. So um, okay, buckle up. All right, let's talk about all right. the the first question. I'd like to get your perspectives on is uh, Ben Neighborhood Associations. I think there's about thirteen of them. Um, tell tell us about the neighborhood associations and how you see the. Uh, interaction between them and the council um, being of importance? Well, the neighborhood association um, is an area that I will truly focus on. I feel it's a forgotten group, uh, 13 associations um, currently forgotten. Uh, The neighborhood associations provide the community members the opportunity to help shape the future of their neighborhood and the city. Um, And uh, they maintain and improve the quality of life in the city Uh, It helps increase citizen participation in local decision-making and forms an effective partnership between the city and neighborhood residents. And as you noted, you know, there are 13 neighborhood associations that are recognized by the Bend City Council. And currently, I don't feel that that they truly are being recognized uh, based on the decisions that we're seeing being made. And uh, 
I find that if we can give them the attention, uh, be available, uh, attend those meetings, make sure that they're being heard, bring that information back and uh, incorporate what we've understood and listen to what their needs are into our policy decision-making, uh, it's it, the city will become a, a more unified city uh, by doing that. What a great idea. Listening, what a concept. Yeah, what a concept. <laughs> That's, I mean, we bring, are public bring innovation right? to the uh, to the job, right? How about we just listen? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, you know, you alluded to this earlier, uh, and everyone listening to this podcast knows that the last four years have been extremely politically contentious, affecting all races from the president to city council, school board races. So what are your thoughts on shaking off the divisions and rebuilding some unity here in Bend, in addition to a couple of comments that you've made before? Yeah, well, I believe that this election season, the 2022 election season, um, actually is uh, a great benefit to, to every resident that has the opportunity to vote. Uh, this is an opportunity for us to truly, all of us truly focus and become more educated on our state, our local uh, and county election. Uh, we don't have to worry about the presidential election right now that tends to overshadow uh, you know, uh, county and, and local and state elections. Uh, we can uh, really, as you say, shake off that presidential election because we don't have to really deal with it um, and really get out there and talk about the things that matter uh, for the future and growth of our city and, uh, and for our residents to become, uh, to become more united and, and more engaged. One of those things that's a big issue on the minds of everybody in the region, uh, that's homelessness. So yes. give us your thoughts on the origins, the elements of the problem, the magnitude of it, how big is it? And, and maybe a couple of ideas on how we can come together as a community and address it. Yeah, well, I uh, appreciate you bringing this up, Michael. Um, back in November of uh, 2020, I submitted a guest column uh, to the Ben Bulletin, and it was titled, With Empathy, Determination, and Collaboration, We uh, Can Tackle Homelessness. And in that, I state that uh, one mistake that uh, we make talking about homeless residents, uh, we talk about as if they're one uniform group with the same challenges, the same pressures, the same needs. Uh, in fact, uh, based on my former role as Ben City Councilor, where that experience comes in and being mayor and the local associations that you noted, you know, which I currently serve on, um, our homeless are a collection of individuals. Uh, and uh, there are aging populations, those living in poverty are hard to house and are addicted people with disabilities and uh, domestic violence situations, uh, as well as students. And they all have unique needs and different circumstances. And they're all living across our bend in our region. But what's happened is that we've grouped them into one bucket. And I feel that in order for us to, what we should have done a long time ago uh, is basically utilized the ordinance ordinances that we already have in place. I know people don't like to use the word enforcement, but I believe that if we were able to use the right of way policy, for example, uh, that's that's uh, part that is a policy that's already in place, uh, we wouldn't see the the festering and growth of homelessness on Second Street, which is impacting a lot of our businesses. I think we need to. Um, really invest in creating a by name list of homeless in our community. Uh, my three point plan is, you know, uh, a need of comprehensive review 
of our current approach, which involves the cities and Deschutes County's approach. Uh, we need to look at our approach to funding. Right now, the funding right now is being provided through ARPA funds, so it's not sustainable funding. So we have to understand what that what that looks like. The city need, needs to take it off of their roles and responsibility and begin to transition it to the county. Uh, the city is is not truly set up with resources and staff to focus on homeless, but we do have the ordinance in place uh, to uh, uh, focus on public safety uh, for our community, which is a key pillar of city council and city staff. And then third is, as I just noted, is our communities must be safe communities. Uh, so we need to engage our agencies and our community leaders, leaders to really focus on that, that element of safety. Uh, we have residents and business owners that have been impacted um, a lot, and we need to make sure that, that they're being heard, that they're being represented in this issue as well. Chris, one of the other issues that has sort of been homogenized, like you referred to in regard to homelessness, uh, and it's one of my big issues, uh, that's the challenge that we have with, with housing. But uh, specifically, I'd like to ask you a question about affordable workforce housing. So mm-hmm. not just overall affordable housing, but affordable workforce housing. So how do you see the the city can uh, help with this? Well, I think first it's, it's important to understand that, uh, you know, workforce housing, uh, you know, uh, is really happening in part is what we need it because in part due to wages um, aren't just keeping up with the increasing cost of living, um, but it's also due to the limited supply of housing um, that's affordable to these workers that you identified, uh, Michael, uh, in opening this question. Um, and so I feel that uh, right now we're experiencing here at my business where we have a, a technician that has to uh, travel in from Madras because that workforce housing isn't available to him and his family. And so it creates uh, you know, longer commute times for the worker higher levels of traffic and other negative externalities for our surrounding area. And there's a couple of strategies that I've identified with other communities that we might be able to to think about and I'd like to have um, our city staff consider and look into. And one is uh, create a dedicated housing uh, trust fund uh, or repurpose vacant land and underutilized retail space. Uh, perhaps uh, even update land development codes to encourage development in already urbanized areas. Uh, We have the Bend Central District. uh, That was one area that uh, I think really needs attention and awareness, uh, which is a a very uh, key area when you look at the urban growth boundary for infill. Uh, It's a prime opportunity, shovel ready, uh, where landowners are ready to uh, focus on uh, development of workforce housing in that in that specific area. So it's we just need to focus on it. And uh, again, um, I feel that, uh, you know, this is an area for us to consider for for Ben to continue to thrive and have economic resiliency and strong economic development. We can't we can't lose our 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 direction on uh, uh, on on workforce housing. We can't be the only. community that's wrestling with this. And again, we're talking about, about good, hardworking people, teachers and nurses and, and policemen and firemen and, and employees, just like you talk about in your business. Uh, mm-hmm. Is anybody doing anything that's, uh, that's useful about this across the country that you've observed? Yeah, there's actually a, um, 
uh, a panel that uh, published a uh, uh, a study, and it's the Urban Land Institute. And uh, the ULI has offered uh, recommendations and detailed implementation plan uh, in a specific county in Florida, of all places. Um, and uh, I think it's uh, an area that, that we can definitely look at. Uh, there's also models within uh, Utah uh, that we can look at as well. I mean, there's plenty across the country that we can uh, that we can uh, utilize and actually uh, go visit. Um, but I, I think it's important to clarify, Michael, that this is just not to rest on the shoulders of the city, but this needs to be uh, a shared governance model between the city and the Deschutes County. In, in Deschutes County, I also look at it as a as a tri county. Uh, opportunity as a project uh, for for Tri County to look at. As as our county grows, we're all going to need to collaborate. We're all going to need to share resources. We're all going to need to work together. And uh, I feel that's uh, definitely an opportunity for a workforce housing task force uh, to be created. And uh, I'd love to see that uh, move forward. And as mayor, that's a a, a topic that I will continue to uh, bring awareness to and put down as as one of our is one of our goals, but we can't, city cannot do it alone. No, I get it. Uh, hey, in the last couple of minutes, I want to give you uh, a, a, another hot question that would probably take about three hours to dig into. We got <laughs> a lot of these minutes, do. <laughs> but uh, another, another minor issue that's, uh, that everyone knows about, uh, we have a huge shortage of safe and affordable childcare in our city and in our region. Any thoughts about what the city can do to help with this? Well, again, uh, this is where the city, we really have to think about this as going forward um, partnerships. And, uh, you know, I want to raise the example of, of the Ben Chamber of Commerce. Um, they are, are truly focused in this area, have done incredible amount of research, uh, are partnering with the city of Bend uh, are partnering with the with Deschutes County, and um, you know, just recently the Deschutes County Commission unanimously approved, you know, their largest uh, American Rescue Plan Act, known as ARPA, uh, allocating an additional 6.6 million dollars in relief funds to increase regional childcare. And you know, the challenge is that um, it's just become a significant factor in our economy into our workforce and it's impacting our businesses and employees alike. And I believe that with childcare and with workforce housing, uh, there are two key topics that need to be addressed. But again, I have to reiterate that it's not a city task that can be done alone. It has to be part of a shared governance model. I think one area that the city can do and when I was on council is when we approve master plan communities that are being developed that, uh, that we identify um, childcare facilities within those master plan communities. Uh, for example, uh, the Petrosa development, uh, the Stevens Ranch development that is now under underway. Uh, those are areas that we need to keep top of mind when a master plan community comes before council is, are we addressing an opportunity to have an area for, for childcare facilities? Uh, but also funding is, is critical and we're fortunate that uh, we have the Deschutes County Commission uh, that did uh, approve, you know, some funding, which will help create more than 500 new child care spots and train more than 275 new workers in the child care and early education fields. So we're on the right path. 
we just need to continue to move forward and keep this um, top of mind. Thanks, Chris. As, as we wrap this up today, um, how can people find out more about your campaign and your policy ideas? Well, they're more than happy to go to uh, piperforben.com. And on there, they'll, they'll learn a little bit more about me, my background, the priorities that I have set uh, uh, for my vision as mayor. And uh, there's also contact information on there. I'm more than happy to sit down with one-to-one or one-to-many uh, because that's, that's my, my goal. My, my goal is about listening, uh, leadership, and, uh, and accountability uh, as mayor of Bend. Well, Chris, it's been great having you on the show. I think my main takeaway out of our conversation today is that, that need for collaboration, for coming together, for, um, for shared governance and, mm-hmm. and partnerships to handle so many of these really challenging problems that are bigger than any one governmental entity can handle by themselves, but that affect everyone in the region. And so thanks for that inclusive um, approach to this and that perspective. I really appreciate your time and appreciate your message today. Well, Michael, thank you very much again for this opportunity. I really appreciate it and uh, look forward to to talking with those that uh, had an opportunity to listen to this podcast. Terrific. My guest today has been Chris Piper. You can learn more about Chris and his campaign at piperforbend.com. That's piperforbend.com. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to Cascade Views with Michael Seif. To find out more about Mike, the upcoming election, the key issues he's focused on, and his campaign to represent Central Oregon and Salem as a state representative, visit www.avoiceforcentraloregon.com. That's www.avoiceforcentraloregon.com. You can get your own copy of Michael Seip's best-selling book, The Avada Principle, at Amazon.com. And finally, please vote in the upcoming election. Your voice matters.